0: Hey, group members, and welcome back to Group Therapy. I'm one of your hosts, licensed psychologist, Dr. Jessica Raven.
1: And I'm licensed clinical social worker, Kristen Gingrich.
0: And I'm licensed clinical psychologist, Dr. Kristen Casey. Justin is out this week fueling his inner emo kid at the When We Were Young Fest. But we have the perfect guest for you later on in this episode, Jesse Lyon, who is going to help us answer all of your questions about dreams and nightmares. So settle in. Take a seat and welcome to group therapy. Last week, we did an episode on perfectionism. And I have to say, guys, I thought it was just absolutely perfect. What about you?
1: (laughs) It was so perfect.
2: So perfect.
1: (laughs) Nothing will ever
0: beat it, (laughs) nothing will ever be as perfect. Anyways, we left you with this reflection question. What is one thing you will do this week to challenge your perfectionism? We got a ton of great responses, so as always go over to the Instagram and check them out, but I just wanted to highlight a few. Um, My text messages and emails don't have to be grammatically perfect or articulated perfectly. Cool. Take something off my to-do list and allow myself to rest. Ask for help. Mm. And my favorite, applaud doing something half-assed. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing shitty.
1: Yes. Oh my God,
0: wait, I love that. It's my yeah. favorite. So thank you all for your responses. Keep them coming in. But to kick off this episode on dreams and nightmares, I wanted to start by asking y'all, like, do you remember dreams that you have? Like, do you re- remember them frequently? only certain dreams, recurring dreams.
1: I tend to like, remember, I only have like one dream. Like I like can remember for a significant time, but like, I I would say, I definitely remember my dreams like immediately after, but if I don't perseverate on that or think about it, I I literally forget. Like I know that Mm -hmm. I dreamed last night, but I could not tell you what I dreamed about.
2: Oh, wow. I'm the same way. I think like, I have a couple of dreams that are recurring dreams that we could, if we want to talk about dreams, we can, but like, or at least the dreams we have, but I noticed that the ones that are the most vivid, like KBI, like I could remember the feeling I had in the dream, but I can't remember what the dream was like, and it, Mm. it'll drive me crazy. Like I'll think all day, like, what was it? What was it? What was it? And I still just, it's hard to remember.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am like hit or miss on my dreams. I sometimes like last night, I had a dream very vivid and I still remember it now. Like I can Mm. remember all the details of it. My dreams never make sense. (laughs) I remember a lot of my anxiety dreams about work. Mm. Um, But then there's like days or weeks that go by and I can't recall a single one of my dreams. It just really depends.
1: No,
2: for sure. Jess, what was your dream last night? I know. I'm like, I need to know what Jess's dream is. <laughs> My if dream last sharing, night If you feel comfortable It was sharing. about
0: the podcast <gasps> and our our trip to Florida. Um, I'll, I won't share like all the details, but we're in like this sketchy hotel with like a bunch of people. So it was us. Probably, I Justice. booked it. You probably did. But then there were, like, people from different periods of my life, but, like, not significant people. It was, like, partners of people that I, like, went to grad school with or,
1: like, were in college with.
0: (laughs) And, like, everybody was just, like, partying and then... KBI you cannot record a podcast so we filled your spot with someone else and then we just pretended that that person was always on the podcast and like acted like <laughs> what <laughs> like when our group members I guess we posted it the same day we're like who is this person um, we were like they've always been there
2: <laughs> and like KBI, I remember I in the
0: dream being like we're gaslighting our group members yeah I feel and like I that's up. something
1: we would do though <laughs> I feel like that would be like an April Fool's thing that we would absolutely do.
0: Just have some random person
1: come yeah, on. Absolutely.
0: Would you yeah, think- like I still remember what the hotel looked like. It was like this like awful, like yellowish off white color, like the thin walls. Yeah. It was it was not the good. yellow
1: wasn't even the paint, it was like from
2: smoking in the rooms. I could feel the vibe of that place already. Yeah. You know? exactly. And it's a place it's a place to sleep, you know? But maybe i you're pretty sure you saw that hotel room on on OnlyFans, like. <laughs> oh my god! I think, KB. I don't think you would book a place like that. I think you would book a place that's like way better than that. So you got to give yourself credit. absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, but I would. I would think I'm booking a place. See, this is the thing. I would think mm. I'm booking a nice place, but the reality is, is that they faked their pictures and they were from 25 mm. years ago. And that that would be what happened. And I'd be probably I probably wasn't on the podcast because I was too embarrassed and ran away.
2: Oh, my God. Jess, what do you think it means?
0: I have no idea. I honestly what I've noticed about my dreams other than like one recurrent dream I had or two recurrent dreams I had as a kid is usually related to something. Mm-hmm. Like I was doing that day, so like I'm pretty sure I dreamt that because in our group chat
1: we were talking yesterday. She wants me off the podcast. <laughs> so she doesn't. Yes, that's um, actually that's, what it. Means. That's exactly <laughs> what her dream means. She's like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck you, KBI. Get oh. off. I'm gonna replace you with someone ten times better. And, and I just
0: really love vacationing in really crappy hotels. No, but like, I, I, I don't know. I'll be interested when Jesse comes on, but I'm definitely a person that will dream about things related to yeah. my day. Like if somebody, like if I randomly think of a person from like my past, they will most likely show up in my dream that night.
1: Interesting. God. So I hope you dream about me tonight. <laughs> and you actually being on the podcast and me actually just, I'm just being in your dreams makes, makes me happy. Like, oh my gosh.
2: Kvi, <laughs> what's your dream? A recurrent one my, that you've had.
1: I remember telling Je- Jesse, I told Jesse about this dream. You told him about it? It's not even my reoccurring. It's my most wild dream. And to this day, I cannot forget it. And it's ironic because it's about Britney Spears. And with her memoir dropping, oh I just, I, I literally, I don't even know what this means. Honestly, like, I would love Jesse to unpack the shit out of it because it makes no sense so long. So basically, I don't even know how I ended up in this hotel, but I'm in this hotel and I run into Britney Spears. And she's (laughs) like, hey, what's up? Let's vibe. And I remember, like, we're just hanging out, and suddenly the Mexican cartel shows up. And it's like, we want you. And it's like pointing to Brittany. And I'm like, Brittany, go, go save Brittany 2008. Like, let's go. Um, So we run into the elevator. We're slamming the doors. The doors close before the cartel comes. We go up to the floor. We hop out of the elevator and then we run down the staircase then we go through a door, and I—this is where it gets wild. The door goes to my old babysitter's house. No, stop, <laughs> stop, stop. This is weird. Now we leave <laughs> up some random hotel, right? And I'm like, go, go, go! I see them coming. I'm convinced that I'm gonna beat up these Mexican cartel guys. So I grab a radio. <laughs> I, I break off the antenna open it up and just start beating these cartel guys with the wire antenna head to what defend for I Spears. don't feel like that's the most productive part of the ran. radio to use. Oh <laughs> <laughs> you. And then I woke up. That's I so wow. anticlimactic. Like, did you win? Like, what happened? I don't know. I woke up because oh. it was so weird to me. I was like, but I'm like, uh, uh, what? What do you think it means? It probably means like I'm clinically nuts.
2: Stop. We already know that, but like, what else? Like, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
1: I don't know. It probably you probably relate it to my childhood somehow because I showed up to my old babysitter's house. Yeah, true. And yeah. I used to fall asleep. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, I used to fall asleep listening to Britney Spears' first album. Okay. Okay. We're but, finding like, a pattern. What here. is the Mexican cartel doing in my dream? I was I not have... drug dealing at nine years old. <sighs>
2: Maybe it was I the feel dare like program we in your could, head. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry, sorry, go i to say,
0: connect <laughs> the Mexican <laughs> cartel to something in your life. Anything. Yeah. Yeah.
2: These poor guys she, didn't even ask you, for this. <laughs> like, <I was> like, <laughs>
1: they didn't ask me beating the living shit out of them. But, but here's the thing. Those things hurt. The radio? How yes. do you know? How do you know Be, this? Because I have a brother and we used to beat the shit out of each other all the time so maybe the mexican cartel
0: represents your brother maybe it's your brother
2: <laughs> Call him right now <laughs> <laughs> you're, live you're, on the podcast you're, you're in
1: disguise in my dream <laughs> but i really like that is the only dream like i can recurringly remember that isn't that isn't based probably in some like like that I can vividly remember. Like I know yeah. like, mm-hmm. I have anxiety dreams, like, you know, something happening to my kid and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't fully like, remember, I just wake up. Like I frequently wake up like with chest tight nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can't, I, I know that I woke up from a nightmare, but I can't quite recall what that nightmare was about. I can just wake up and I'm thinking of my kid. So I know mm-hmm. that that nightmare has to be around that. Um, that makes sense yeah but yeah i will say though i can i can't remember but uh, the dream specifically but i i don't know jess if you like had vivid dreams like while pregnant mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, i remember like i just remember always dreaming and like waking up in like like completely activated not even like in a panic mode like a nightmare mode but just activated
0: but uh, yeah, I used to have pregnancy dreams about having a boy all the time, which is why I was convinced I was going to have a son, but mm. did not. And see so your dreams lie to you. Like what's real? Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, it's just, Nothing's it's so real. Wild. K10. Nothing's what wild. about you, K10? Any recurring dreams that you feel comfortable sharing I have, or recent
2: I have, dreams? I have, I have two. One's horrific, so I'm not going to go there. This, <laughs> the other one you're going to make fun of me for. So I'm like <laughs> trying to pick. There's like, a lot I that I
1: make fun of you for. So challenge us. It it's like, do I scare
2: our group members or do I scare them more with like this weird dream? So, it's
1: probably, no, it's probably about space or the simulation.
2: Okay, it is. But anyway, so I, I'm in my Tesla, right? And my partner is next to me. Dave's next to me, right? In the passenger seat. And I'm in the driver's seat, which is weird because it's usually the opposite. Like, I'm, I never want to drive. So I'm always in the passenger seat, but it was flipped this time and I'm white knuckling the steering wheel. I'm like, holding on so tight and in my dream I could like feel it I'm like when your fingernails like you know when you're gripping Mm -hmm. so so hard and I'm like feeling that and every single time I have this dream like it feels like it feels like at least once a week now it used to be like once a month and now it's just like increasing in frequency which I don't know what that means I want Jesse to interpret this but I'm white knuckling it right and I'm looking at Dave and I'm like oh my god this is so fucking weird so I'm looking at him and I'm like we're going to lose mm. oxygen or something. And he's like, and he's like looking at me like, what okay. are you talking about? And, and I'm like, we're going to lose oxygen. And he's like, no, we're not. We have hydrogen peroxide. Why that? <laughs> why but does is that this, make any sense? Is this no
1: with or without the stash?
2: With the You're, stash. Fuck. Like actually in the dream, his mustache is there, like full blown mustache, right? Like full blown. and I just want to know what hydrogen peroxide has to do with. I have no oxygen. idea. I'm telling you, it's gonna get weirder. So, okay. anyways so we're I'm white knuckling it. Hydrogen peroxide. I'm like, we don't have any. I don't know what that's about. Like, we can't open the windows because there's no <laughs> oxygen anywhere, and like this is the last <laughs> amount of oxygen that we have in, on Earth. And literally, then the Tesla, I'm white knuckling it. it, starts floating, dude. It floats, <laughs> it floats, it floats like a fucking hot air balloon, and it just keeps floating and. It, In my dream, I swear every single time it's a recurring dream. I know it is logically when I'm awake, but when I'm in that dream, it feels so real every single time. I'm like, Oh my God, it's happening. Like it's happening. We're going into space. Like we're going to Mars. Like this is wild. And so our Tesla doesn't have a HEPA filter because it was, an older one and then halfway through we start freaking out like oh my god we need this hepa filter it doesn't matter there's like no oxygen like who cares right so <laughs> but we're there there. Is hydrogen peroxide we have hydrogen peroxide in case we get a cut i don't know if that's even <laughs> effective so we're up there and i'm looking at him and he's looking at me and then we start to like drift off to sleep and in my mind i don't want to think what that means but i'm just pretending like we're taking a nap and then always we're back at earth for some reason in this dream and i'm at my aunt's like birthday party like my my aunt who i have not seen in forever and we're at her birthday party and she's screaming about apple juice every fucking time she's so upset about the fact that there's too much apple juice on the table and then we're always everybody's bringing juices like no there's orange juice no there's like this there's grape juice over there like we have diversity in juices and she will never have it and then i wake up
1: diversity in juices
2: what is going on? So I don't know what that means. I'm really big into like space stuff. So I can understand that, but my aunt with juice and then that's any trauma around juice with your aunt. No, but I'm thinking of like, if I really dig deep, I'm thinking of like substance use and stuff like that. So I'm wondering if there's like correlations there, but to run out of oxygen and like my biggest fear is drowning. So I'm just like, I don't know if like something like that makes sense. I have no idea, but Wow. It's terrifying. And I have it every single week, it seems like. And every single time, I feel like it's real. And I feel like none of it makes any sense. So no idea. Yeah. Recurring. What? No it's idea. So, it's so bizarre. I was like, so it's one of two dreams. I'm really being honest. The other one is like horrific. And it's like based in trauma. And I'd rather not go there. But yeah, this one is like, I know KBI is going to give me shit for it. I'm already feeling it. So like, wow. I don't even know how to respond. Yeah, yeah, no. Think about having that dream then. Like, think about being there. Like, that sucks. <laughs> it's
1: crazy.
0: I just know if ever I'm around Dave, I'll, he'll always have the hydrogen peroxide
2: at least. He's going to so be so like, strapped. if i be like,
1: Dave, do you have hydrogen peroxide? <laughs> oh, my
2: God. He's going to be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my god. You would
1: also, you would dream about your Tesla. It's yeah. so
2: cringe, isn't it? It's so yeah. cringe. God. It's so cringe. I think cringe. that
1: is the worst of it all. It was just like I know. that you dreamed about your Tesla.
2: It's so cringe. I know. God. I know. I know. It's so cringe. And I keep thinking too, because I hate the color of it. I wanted a different color, whatever. Anyway, it's just like a whole thing. First I into a car problems. accident today too. So I was like, about to say, maybe yeah, I get a new one. Yeah. Maybe I'll stop having this dream. Maybe the car accident signified the end of this dream because I don't want to have it again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, the Honda oh would never, though. The Honda would never lose oxygen. That baby would always have a pack. It of also wouldn't float. It'd be like down on the ground. <laughs> it would not. <laughs>
2: Literally. Yeah. It's, I think it's, it's funny. Like when I think about dreams, um, cause I specialize in insomnia, we never learn about dream interpretation. Mm-hmm. Like I have no idea how to interpret dreams. I know like about certain theoretical underpinnings of like dream interpretation, but not nearly enough. Like Jesse is amazing mm-hmm. at dream interpretation, mm-hmm. but I always wonder what they mean. And I think there are some theories of like people saying it's not exactly what you're dreaming about. It's like the context embedded within it. Like kind of Jess mm-hmm. is saying it's not like about the people. It might be about like, adjacent experiences, yeah. Yeah. but I'm interested to hear your take on like, if you had to guess, like how would you think that dreams could be interpreted? Like what theories or like what ideas do you have? And none of us are going to be right. Cause none of us know what we're talking about. But.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to say, I love that you brought that up because
2: yeah. I mean, one reason I'm so glad that
0: Jesse's coming on is because in my training too, like we don't learn about dreams and even nightmares, which we haven't really touched on, which we will like, we learned about basic, like nightmares and PTSD and like nightmare disorder, but like very basic. It's broad. Um, yeah. I think for me, at least based on my own experience or based on working with clients, a lot of times dreams are related to like anxiety, trauma mm. stressors. And I think there's a lot of themes. Like I know there's like, dreams of like, and I actually think Jesse might've taught me this. Like if your teeth are falling out, that's actually representative of like a, of anxiety. Oh, wow. Um, don't quote me on that. We can clarify with yeah. him later, but like for me or obviously working with clients, if we're talking about dreams and nightmares, a lot of times it's related to like stress or trauma themes. Now mm-hmm. how that manifests in the dream Could look very different. Yeah.
2: I like that idea. Yeah.
0: So since we don't know like anything about dreams, one thing I was looking up before this podcast was why do we
2: dream? Like in general? (laughs) Yeah. Do you all know? (sighs) I just know about like the basic theories. I don't know actually why. Tell me, tell me, tell me. So, the answer is we don't
0: actually know why we (laughs) dream. It's so crazy. All all the research out there is like, uh, there's a lot we don't know. So, you know, the the main theory out there, and this is maybe what you know, K-10, is that like dreaming helps you consolidate and analyze memories Mm -hmm. or serves as like a rehearsal Mm -hmm. for different situations, challenges that you may face during the daytime, which... uh, that makes sense like at least in my experience like if i'm anxious about a presentation or something at work i usually dream about it Mm -hmm. the night before and by dream i mean i usually have a nightmare
1: (laughs) because it always goes wrong (laughs) (laughs) that makes me think of inside out yeah Mm -hmm. so like when like she does that first day of school and then she gets up and cries and then they they kind of warp it Mm -hmm.
2: yeah Um. but it, it's so interesting that we like don't actually know a lot. It's about weird. Training. There's like just in learning about insomnia and like learning about cognitive behavioral therapy for insomnia and like all of that. I went. I felt like my friends thought it was a hyperfixation. I'm like, I just want more training and sleep. Right? It's whatever, whatever it is. But when I was learning more about like sleep architecture and REM cycles and all of that. I learned a lot about sometimes we have a tendency to remember our vivid dreams when we're in REM. What did you say? Remies. Remies. But to Jess's point, another thing that we've learned is either, yeah, it's about memory consolidation or just kind of trying to figure out like Picture your brain as like a filing cabinet. Like, where do I put Mm -hmm. this information? How important is it? Where should it go? Should it stay in short-term memory, long-term memory? Like all those things. I'm really generalizing here. Or dreaming could be a byproduct of that. And it doesn't really make sense because those are the parts that either you're trying to consolidate or not, you know? So Mm -hmm. it really, I think it depends. Again, I don't know enough about dreams. um, But yeah, there's so many theories out there to suggest that it might have to do with memory consolidation.
1: Mm -hmm. What, What part in our dream cycle do we dream? Rem
0: is what yeah. I read. Except mm-hmm. with Night Terrors. That's weird. So have any of you seen Night Terrors? Like I don't know KBI if you've ever witnessed
1: that as a treated parent. them. No. Or treated okay. Luckily. Luckily, because I don't know what I would do. That would terrify me.
0: Yeah. So the first time I saw night terrors, I was babysitting and I was in high school and I definitely didn't know what they were. And I freaked out. Um, And the family didn't tell me that their kid had night terrors. Oh my God. Um, But yeah. So for, for group members that may not know it's a sleep disorder where like a person quickly awakens from sleep in a terrified state, but they're not actually like awake. So -hmm. they might be like sitting up and screaming and crying. Um, But night terrors usually happen in the first half of the night and not during REM, Mm -hmm. like dreams and nightmares occur. Um, And from what I looked up to prepare for this podcast, a lot of time, like the cause is unknown, like a lot of things in our field, but it might be triggered by things like a fever or like lack of sleep, Mm. stress, things like that. Um, But they're scary if you don't know what they are Um, because you're not supposed to wake up the person. Yeah, would terrify
2: them more that makes i and i don't know much about i it's usually i do insomnia or Mm -hmm. like nightmares related to ptsd so i don't really know much but that makes sense because we have a tendency to be in rem during the latter half of the night Mm -hmm. as we prepare for a final awakening and usually during that time our body is paralyzed so we don't act out our Mm -hmm. dreams so it would make sense to me if you're having those and it happens in the former half of the night, like the beginning part, maybe your body isn't in REM as much and Mm -hmm. your body isn't kind of paralyzed or going through atonia. And then maybe that's why you're waking, not waking up, but you're appearing like you're awake, but you're not. That makes mm -hmm. sense, you know, and that's scary to think about. Like you could be experiencing something like a parasomnia, like sleepwalking, talking or something like that and have no recollection of it. It's insane. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Yeah, it must be terrifying for the person, too. Can you imagine? Yeah.
0: If if they remember, that's the other thing. Like, true, 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 true. Yeah. A lot of times it, with night terrors, from my understanding, I'm no expert in it. But yeah, or like, if you do wake up and somebody's stare, staring in your room, like, are you okay? That has that. to be <laughs> awful. Crazy ass. Um, so, K-10, you just brought up like... Nightmares for PTSD. I think we all kind of can at least have some experience with that. Um, if you have clients come in with nightmares with PTSD, like, are there any interventions,
2: skills you use to address their nightmares? I think it really depends. It depends on like, if it's connected to the trauma, you know, and usually it is. So if they are having those nightmares, a lot of times they feel really stressed out about it. And if I'm really thinking about like evidence-based manuals, there's a way to do it. But in my practice, I guess I take more of an eclectic approach. We talk about like what the nightmare is. And then I even ask the client, what do you think it means? You know, is it related? Mm -hmm. Is it not? And then I always ask how stressful is it? You know, and a lot of times they're like, I don't want to have this. This is stressful. Like I can't sleep. And a lot of times they'll, they'll not want to go to sleep to avoid that nightmare. So yeah. on my end, I usually work towards creating a safe environment for sleep. Um, mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. that's kind of where we start. But I think in terms of the nightmare itself, it again, it, I think it just depends on the client. I'd be interested to hear your, your guys' approaches um, because for every client, it, it just feels a little different.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I focus a lot on sleep hygiene. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. if it's related to trauma, addressing the trauma. Um, I work closely with a lot of psychiatrists because I'm in a hospital. So a lot of times we will not we I can't prescribe psychiatrists will prescribe medication like prezocin to help at least and like reduce the nightmares initially as they're working through the trauma. Um, yeah, creating safety. Like you said, another thing I've done in the past, particularly with younger kids, especially if the nightmares are not necessarily related to trauma, but they're just having nightmares is like rewriting the ending of the nightmare. Or like if they wake Mm -hmm. up and the nightmare isn't done, like finish the nightmare, but like create a more positive ending. So they're not as terrified to go back to sleep Mm -hmm. because yeah, exactly. Like you said, K10, like. If you're having nightmares, then you're avoiding going to sleep to not have the nightmare. But we know lack of sleep is not going to
2: help anybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I think with sleep hygiene, I think we underestimate it because it's like a Google search, right? It's like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, just have the same routine and all that. But I think it gives people a sense of not only predictability with their routine, but it's something you can control. And then there are benefits to it when it comes to nightmares. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's really the only thing that I could really think of that people have a sense of like, okay, if I could master this, then I could, I could master that getting through that nightmare, you know, even though it's very stressful and it's very, very, very hard to do. um, I think if they're able to kind of, like you said, reorient their thoughts about sleep and especially thoughts about that nightmare and having a different ending, I really like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Having a different ending or, you know, if you think about it, some, and this is not manual, manualized or evidence-based by any means, but I'll even say to my clients sometimes, like, if you had a magic wand and you could think about or dream about anything, what would you dream about? You know, what would you mm-hmm. picture it? Try to picture it vividly, write it down and then read that right before bed. It's like a very pleasant experience. It doesn't really stop nightmares by any means, but it puts people in the headspace that they're kind of feeling a little more lighter going to sleep. Um yeah. like, Again, it just, mm-hmm. it, anything is better than just thinking about that nightmare <laughs> when you're in mm-hmm. bed, you know? Oh, absolutely.
0: Outside of PTSD, do you all see nightmares come up in any other like disorders or clients that you all see?
1: I mean, I've seen it come up in like phobias and Mm -hmm. again, anxiety and things like that. Um, that's I mean and then I just see it like like again those general like when stressors come mm-hmm. right so I tend to see it you know with new moms or when someone starts a new job or or kind of life changes
2: mhm I've actually noticed it a lot more lately I think with like our socio political climate and all of that mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people rightfully so having a lot of thoughts and i guess dreams about things that could happen that are bad you know and they're not too far Mm -hmm. off you know i mean Mm -hmm. that's a reality for some people so i think if there's a specific group of people who are experiencing like discrimination and there always is they might in my opinion they might have a higher likelihood of experiencing those nightmares because they're probably thinking about this stuff all day um so it's probably hard and when i think of memory consolidation i think what are you thinking the most about throughout the day that's fearful and that might be part of it Mm
0: -hmm. absolutely yeah I love everything you all said because I definitely, I mean, I, I've seen them primarily in like trauma related, but yeah, the stressors. And I think that's an underlying theme across everything we've said, whether it's an acute stressor or chronic stressor, and seeing more nightmares related to that. There is like a nightmare disorder. I've never treated it, I've mm-hmm. never technically seen it um i have my
1: yeah i have my dsm pulled <laughs> She's, up She breaking out her She breaking out her baby well. is.
0: um I but yeah it, it says repeated occurrences of extended extremely dysphoric and well-remembered dreams that usually involve efforts to avoid threats to survival security or physical integrity occur in the second half upon awakening oh. the individual mm-hmm. becomes orient- oriented and alert That causes clinically significant impairment, not attributed to a substance, blah, 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 blah. But then it talks about like acute is one month or less, subacute one month to six months, persistent is six months or greater, and then mild, moderate severity less than one episode per week, one or more episodes per week, but less than nightly, and then episodes nightly. So, K10, if you're having that same Tesla dream (laughs) weekly,
2: I guess it's threat to physical integrity because I don't know if I'll have oxygen, right? I mean, isn't that part of it? <laughs> I don't know. That might be part of it. That's has, crazy. has this repetitive
0: dream been going on? Because you, you have it at
2: least once a week. I think... So I, I bought the Tesla before like all this stuff happened with Elon. And um, I was just really excited to not... To reduce my carbon footprint. Like, honestly, that's why mm-hmm. I bought it. And when we got it, it was during... Um, I can't even remember. I, th- I remember I- me being like fixated on like simulation theory originally. Like this was like where it started, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like this could turn into a spaceship." I was just making a joke about it, but I, I wonder if that is <laughs> like, "Ma'am, you're still fixated on the
1: simulation." Still-
2: yeah. I know, I know, it's wild, but uh, yeah, I'm like, it's not a spaceship, but is it? Like, you know what I yeah. mean, like I could dream literally just no one day of, but- it shoots you to Mars. Yeah, but it doesn't have oxygen. Like, what's the point? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's crazy.
1: Maybe you'll. G- what if. What if space actually has oxygen?
2: And they're just lying to us. What? Wait, <laughs> but you have a point, though, because what if there's a galaxy out there that we don't even know about that has oxygen and we can't detect it because we're too far away? There's probably yeah. another. There's probably if, another Jess out there on Google Scholar dot Mars or something.
1: Like you know there, what I mean. Like, <laughs> what if there's a galaxy that lives on hydrogen peroxide? Yo, wait,
0: there stop. probably That'll is.
1: <laughs> Dave is actually from that galaxy. Can you it's imagine? On he on probably you. He's probably an is. alien. Man has He's the best
2: emotion you. regulation skills ever. I don't know where he came also, from. So
1: can we rewind at the fact that I, I, I can't tell if Jess does, but none of us actually bought. The new one because we were like we're not no. spending a hundred dollars oh, for three no, new diagnoses. No, I, I have a
0: PDF of the new one
1: that I'm I like, definitely I'm not do buying know. a new one for no, three can diagnoses. I, Absolutely can I sit not the pod.
0: Yeah, no, but I don't have oh, my yeah. DSM five here because I have because I have two offices at work. So my pocket one's at the hospital, and my
1: do you have a DSM, DSM four?
2: Office. I do. Ooh. Hold on. <gasps> She's the four. She has a piece she, of history. She's got a, <laughs> she's got a Look
1: at that relic. Fucking oh, dinosaur. DSM4. Oh my Christ
0: God. I know. Look at this.
1: Yeah. I was like I was like, I'm not buying a new one. I'm like for three like three things that like absolutely not. No. Like, no. I'll buy the i I'll buy the six when it comes out, thanks
2: they got to get better
0: at the DSM anyway, but uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that's going to be, that could be a whole other podcast
2: episode. I feel like, I feel like if they had this, but they doubled it and sent it to the next person, but just like with the cultural awareness, like that would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Like just, mm-hmm. that's yeah. what we need.
0: Know what else we need? The Google scholar shorts. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how I'm going to transition talking about the DSM. Yeah. Okay. So this is something we haven't touched on at all um, because it was a random article I found and I was like, this is interesting. Um, Do you think there's a correlation between nightmares and cardiovascular disease?
1: Probably. Because you're asking, yes. (laughs) Okay. Would you have ever
0: considered that before I just posed the question? No.
2: I would never. Not at all. Okay. Well, medical stuff but I, I don't, that's all I got. Yeah,
0: I don't know. Okay. Okay. So this um, was a study published in June, 2023. It was conducted in veterans and they were looking at cardiovascular disease in individuals with nightmares. So after adjusting for age, sex, and race, frequent nightmares, which was defined as two to three times per week or more, were associated with 1.51 times higher odds of high blood pressure and 1.5 times higher odds of heart problems. And then similarly, severe nightmares, which was defined as self-reported moderately marked or extremely distressing to the individual, were associated with 1.6 times higher odds of high blood pressure and 1.53 times higher odds of heart problems. And then the combination of frequent and severe nightmares was associated with 1.55 times higher odds of high blood pressure and 1.62 times higher odds of heart problems. Then when current smoking, depression diagnosis, and PTSD diagnosis were added into the model, associations between nightmare frequency and severity and cardiovascular disease conditions attenuated slightly, but still remained significantly are statistically significant. So it's not the smoking depression or PTSD causing it. It's, or I shouldn't say causing this association, but it's the nightmares. What was the age of the sample? Like the uh, mean age? Of course I need to uh, Sorry. pull it up. No, that's fine. I think there were 30. Cause I'm trying to 30, think of like 38 is coming to mind, but I don't know if that okay, correct.
2: Uh, yes. Okay. Look at that age 38 with a standard deviation of 10.4. Cause I'm thinking, because I work with veterans and I'm wondering if it's like a certain I would really be curious about their deployments if they had any, mm. if they had any combat deployments, if they mm. were like OIF, OEF, if they were in Afghanistan or Iraq. Like, you know what I mean? I, mm. I wonder about that too, because they were yeah, exposed yeah. to certain things. And I wonder if that could be a confounding variable. But that's really compelling. That's really crazy. In a good way. Yeah. Like to know that. Wow. K10 KBI, you look like you have a thought.
0: No, no, it's just, yeah. But like, if you think about, cause obviously, and we'll link the article, people can read mm-hmm. it if interested, but exactly what you all were describing when you were like talking about waking up for your nightmares, your chest is tight. You feel, and if you're oh in a God, constant yeah. state of like high stress while yeah. having nightmares, it, it logically makes sense. It I would have mm-hmm. never like, until I came across this article, I would have never been like, "Oh yeah, nightmares and like this physical health outcome." The math is mathing. The math is absolutely it's mathing. Like,
1: it's girl math. <laughs> nightmare <laughs> math. Except it's nightmare math. Nightmare it's math. Nightmare math. <laughs> it's <laughs> nightmare
2: math. It's mental health <laughs> math. <laughs> Cardiovascular <laughs> <laughs> math. <laughs> Cardio math. Bang bang. <laughs> oh oh. Jess, you find the coolest articles.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you. It was, yeah, it was, it was really interesting. Cause I was like, what am I going to do for dreams and nightmares? That's so broad. Um, but yeah. And I thought that was not cool, but definitely interesting. Right. And I think, you know, as therapists, it gives us even more reason outside of a mental health perspective to really help our clients yep. through Absolutely. their nightmares. I don't have a no. good transition. Oh, oh,
1: I was gonna do one. Do it then. Oh, it's, it's it's mute now. Oh, no.
2: do it. I was okay, gonna okay, say okay, okay, go. okay, ready. Let's redo. Okay, ready, go. Rewind,
1: rewind. rewind. <laughs> 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 I hate myself. Out. I hate myself. Um, I was gonna say let's move on to the most flawless and perfect section of Welcome to Group Therapy, the polls. Because Justin has been, you know, ragging on the polls. And I think that they are just perfection this week, honestly. He's been low-key mean they're perfect. Yeah, he's been like like rude. Sassy. Sassy. And they are they're just tall. they're just they're
0: just trying to exist, okay? and just because something was voted the least favorite part of the podcast doesn't mean it's still like not a perfect contribution to the
1: podcast it is a perfect contribution it is the most perfect contribution to this it's amazing because like, it pulls in our group members it does and they're perfect he's, he's gonna he's gonna hate us so much and i'm <laughs> here for it
2: If y'all listen to the episode before he really goes on like a a rant, like I'm putting it lightly about the word perfect because we talked about perfectionism. So you'll have to listen to that one (laughs) and comment on every single one of his posts. Just, just comment. Perfect.
1: This is perfect. This is is our challenge to y'all. Okay. So I was in charge of the polls this week. So I asked, do you dream when you sleep at night? Do you think a lot? What do you think? like our group members do what were the most options? of them is it like yes most, it only some sometimes or not really no i feel only like people are gonna, we're gonna say only
0: sometimes i feel like technically and i don't actually know this and k10 you might don't we almost dream every night we just don't always remember our dreams do you know that or no you, you know i, I up. don't
2: know i don't okay. know i mean there again there's theories to support yeah like both so that's why it's so com it's confusing I'm going to say sometimes. Sorry. I got
0: on a tangent.
1: 55% of people say yes. Oh wow. 36 say only sometimes and only 10% say no or not really. Oh wow. Interesting. Okay. Got some dreamers. Got some dreamers. In more ways than one. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> And they say that um, what is that song? Is that the Beatles?
2: I don't even know what. But you're I'm singing. not the only. One. I thought you were just making it up. Yes. But <laughs>
1: um, the only, the only one. one. Yes. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> continue. How oh often do you remember the dreams you have? All the time, only for a few moments, or never?
0: Only for a few moments. Yeah.
1: of people say only for a few moments. 36% coming in at all the time with a cool seven never. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Have you ever had a nightmare? Yes, all the time. Sometimes. Only a few times or never. Sometimes. Sometimes. I'm just doing the cop out of sometimes on every... (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes came in at fifty-two percent. With yes, all the time coming in at thirty. Only a wow. few times coming in at a strong sixteen. While never is a sad two. 30 oh, okay. percent for all the time. Yeah,
0: but to, wait. So two percent never have had a nightmare. Yeah.
1: Wow. What's that like? I want to live that life. I it's guess I want a how perfect life. Are- perfect it's 11 people I will say 11 people voted for never so maybe it was an accident but if you if you if you never had had a nightmare I want to be you I wonder how people like
2: categorize what a nightmare Mm -hmm. is
1: true that too
2: you know yeah Yeah.
1: you know K10 waking up with no candy corn left in the world that is her nightmare
2: it's not okay it's not okay
1: at all. I don't even like yeah, it.
0: That, that would actually bring her floating Tesla nightmare up to like an 11. Instead of oxygen, yeah. we, we'll have no candy corn.
2: And then, <gasps> that would be even worse than like, having no oxygen. But we
0: have
1: hydrogen peroxide. And like, you're like, Dude, if, I can't if I, eat that. <laughs> if I had a dream of me spilling a coffee, that's like a stage 3 nightmare for me. Like, <laughs> <Stage so. laughs> what oh is the goodness. max amount of time a dream can last? 10 minutes? 25 minutes, 45 minutes, or 60 minutes? I have no idea
0: for this I one. I just said answer, 10 because I feel like dreams are like a panic attack where we feel like they're lasting way longer than they are. That was literally my rationale.
2: <laughs> Jess used her emotion mind to answer this <laughs> one instead of her so logical, did, pragmatic mind.
1: <laughs> so I got this from Jesse's page. So the oh, answer okay. is six, they can last up to 60 minutes. Oh, so wow. I mean... I'm in
2: sphinx for an hour. So that's the max.
1: Like, that's the max. That's
2: right? like so a lot of oxygen you're losing, K10. That's the golden hour is literally <laughs> gone. Like, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: And then I asked the group members, what do you dream about um, most often? A lot of people said, kind of, my everyday life. A lot of people also said, like, teeth falling out, death um kind of reoccurring trauma um let's see but yeah there's a lot of and some. someone literally goes literally the most random shit (laughs) but there is a ton a a ton of my teeth falling out my teeth falling out someone said meeting taylor swift um that was actually me um Let's see. Let's see if there's any fun ones in here. Being late. Being late. That's not fun. <laughs>
0: Isn't that bad? I dream about being late for like appointments all the time. Like my, like as the therapist, like, <gasps> I have anxiety dreams I about had, like that sh- running late, mm-hmm. which the worst is like, like doesn't happen, but
1: no, <sighs> There's also so many about people having a baby, and I vibe with that so hard. I'm like, that is me. <laughs> like, that's my nightmare is, is having another baby. Oh, my God, Kristen.
2: <laughs> but, yeah. A my, lot like, of the teeth falling out. Teeth falling out. Because I'm trying to think, like, if there are common dreams, they have to mean something. Like, they have mm-hmm. to. Like, you know Absolutely. what I mean? So, they have to. Well, we'll yeah. just have
0: to ask Jesse when he hops on. Oh. I can't wait.
1: Okay, guys, we have Jesse Lyon here. He helps unlock the secrets of your subconscious. He is a dream interpreter and a clinical hypo- hypotherapist? Hypotherapist? Hypno. Mm-hmm. Hypno. Hypnotherapist. Hyper
3: sometimes.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. With an extensive background in trauma, anxiety, dissociative disorders, and the neurodivergent community. You've probably seen him on Therapist TikTok as Lion Mental Health. He's a viral social media, awesome videos. I love them. So, we are bringing him on so we can talk all about dreams. But first, we have a couple questions for you before we get started. One, what made you start on TikTok, social media, all of that? And what like keeps you oh, going man. on it?
3: Oh man, I don't <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh consistent love for harming myself right like uh, just addicted to the pain of social media i don't
1: know accurate <laughs> accurate we no, don't, no, don't I mean?
3: addicted to the dopamine. gosh you know they just they've got the hooks in me it's just dragging me through the mud here mm-hmm. uh no but i genuinely i genuinely really enjoy making videos which i never thought was going to be me um I've got a very strange story, the way that I grew up and like my history and just where I came from. You know, I was homeschooled and very conservative family, very religious family, never even set foot in a brick and mortar school until grad school. So, like social stuff, like social media, like friend groups and pop culture is nothing I'm familiar with. And so when I came to social media, it was always a tool, right? You know, people grow up with it and they're like, oh, this is how I express myself. And I was like, no, 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 this is a tool. I was like, I can use this to accomplish things and do stuff. And I've just, you know, kind of fallen in love with it because I found such a creative outlet for me and being such an introvert and kind of locked inside my head with my own neurodivergence and ADHD Um, being able to have that little place where I can interact with ideas, make videos and share things in the way that I like to, um, I don't Mm -hmm. think I'll ever stop making videos because I genuinely do it for me. You know, the views have come and the views Mm -hmm. have gone. Sometimes we're in good times and bad times, but, um, I really do it for me, um, But that's that is how it started. You know, during COVID, all of us were going stir crazy inside the house. And so I started making videos as just a way to kind of promote my counseling practice. And then they took off Mm -hmm. far and above, you know, my little practice here in central Florida, which has grown since TikTok. Um, But I found just found an outlet for myself and people seem to be helped by the content that I make. So that makes me really smile.
1: I always, awesome. I always know that I'm about to get Jesse's video when I'm scrolling my friends when it's some creepy intro, or like creepy <laughs> intro. I'm like, oh, here comes Jesse. I always know it it's going to be a, a Jesse stitch when, it, when it's
0: like, did you know if you dream about this, it means this? And then it's like Jesse's
2: face. <laughs> Come on, I guess it's so like, like every not. time. <laughs> He's
1: like,
2: I always, no, think, it's, me. I always <laughs> think it's another video. Yeah, and then Jesse shows up. I'm like, okay, I feel calm now. <laughs> Jesse's
0: like, actually, that's not true. I'm sorry to break it to you. It's just
3: this. Like, I love him so much. Not. God.
1: And our second question, and this is this is a make or break. Oh God. Do you prefer muffins or donuts?
3: Oh, I mean, you can't mess with a good donut. I'm sorry. Like,
0: I knew he was going to be a donut guy. <laughs> I knew it. I, I mean, knew muffins it. are good.
3: Don't get me wrong. I love a good muffin, but like a donut? Are you kidding me? Like, what
1: is not even close? Cinnamon oh. streusel muffin, like.
3: <laughs> a only donut? after I've had a donut. Like, come on! Come on!
1: A donut?
3: A donut? Jesse, we're on a donut team team. How is that a question? <laughs> we'll work on it. This is group KBI therapy. and, and I place. are let, team- it, let it out, KBI.
0: Muffin, and then K ten and Justin are Team Donut. So yeah, you I'm are representing Justin. <laughs> Justin as he's out today are, and holding Team Donut strong.
3: He's dodging me. I swear. I told you about though? this. Candy corn. Are you, you know? Are candy you corn has candy a special corn? place in my heart for Halloween. In uh, the trash. Can I say that I like yeah. like it? I don't. I can't say that I like it, but it is kind of a like holiday seasonal change of time like it's it, it marks the season to come i don't want to consume it see, but i'm I glad that it's there because it's like okay it's it's fall time candy corn Do you even it's more the, the
2: tradition of candy corn rather than listen see he's looking at item. like he's looking at the theme the pattern well, the the reason it's the it's only good. way the symbols, that they know the it's fall in florida okay
1: it's yes. <laughs> the only true. way
3: oh <laughs> yeah nothing else changes no, we still go swimming in the pool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're, you're set. Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. yeah. It's great.
3: I wouldn't change that. Yeah. So it's the candy corn in the store. I don't eat it, but it's like, oh, you know, you guys have brown leaves. We have candy corn in Walmart. That's it.
2: Yeah. See, it's just, oh, my God. Oh,
3: it must be fall time. I forgot that's a thing. Okay. Here it is.
2: I don't
1: know. Can- I walk <laughs> out and the candy corn melts in my car.
2: It like orients us to what's happening. I'm with you, Jesse. I really appreciate that because I, I love, I'm the only one here that likes candy corn, I think. So yeah. Yes.
3: fort. right. The we're going to start with I'm, the questions. Here to support. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes. I love, I love the support. Donuts, candy corn. run a roll here. Okay. We're, so we're going to start with the first question. It's from Julia from North Carolina. She asked, is there any reason behind why some people dream in vivid colors and others in black and white?
3: Yeah, Julia, great question. Uh, so there can be a few reasons, right? Everybody's brain is different. Um, there has been some great research to show that the more vivid your dreams are, it can really relate to emotional intensity. So those people who maybe have some symptoms of bipolar, some symptoms of anxiety, especially trauma, oh my God, you know, those dreams tend to be more intense because they're very emotionally charged. So those people who don't have very intense emotions uh, may have less vivid or less colorful intense dreams on the opposite side of that spectrum. Those people who are struggling with symptoms of depression will actually have almost gray dreams, very dull dreams, not very exciting. It's, you know, maybe lonely, sad, quiet, not a lot of things happening. So that can actually be a sign or symptom of depression. So that being said, some people just dream differently. There are some individuals that I talk to who just always dream in black and white. And that's just the way that their brain works. And that's great for them. So it can be, but you always want to establish a baseline first. Like what is your typical dream pattern? And then compare the changes in your dreams to that baseline for you. Right, We don't want to compare to other people because everyone's different. Everyone's got a unique mind and that's what's beautiful about it.
2: I love that. I mean, do you guys dream in black and white or colors? Or no?
0: Well, I shared that I, I remembered the awful yellow hotel <laughs> wallpaper from my dream last Dreaming
2: night. You dream in colors, yeah. But,
0: but usually oh, I dream like more like monochrome. Like I don't dream mm. very vividly. It's usually like Pretty neutral hmm. colors. I tell are you, you
3: are you familiar with liminal spaces like liminal horror stuff oh, like that whole genre, stop. Jess?
2: No, stop.
3: no. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, so there's something called the back rooms. Have you heard of the back rooms?
2: Oh my god, Jesse. Oh my god, we can talk
3: forever. Huge fan of the back room. rooms. You guys don't know the back no. rooms? Oh my. I know no. the back rooms. My bread
2: and oh my god, butter. tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. Oh. <laughs>
3: So there's this whole like genre of horror called the backrooms and liminal spaces. Okay. Liminal spaces uh, is a word that's been around for a long time. And a liminal space just means a place between. So it's it's not yet, but it's not through. Now it comes from uh, like Greek architecture. You'll have like those porticos with the mm-hmm. consistent columns that just repeat. And so it almost looks like infinity, but it's, you know, you're not in the town You know, and you're not inside the temple, you are in the in-between. That's a liminal space. And so when we're dreaming, we enter into something that's very similar. It's a liminal space inside of us, emotionally, You know, so it's we're not awake and we're not like out. We're in this in-between space where we're just sitting in our feelings. You know, it's kind of like group therapy, to be honest. I mean, no, (laughs) I didn't plan this out, but it's like we're just sitting in this in-between space. We're not doing anything and we're not living in the past. We're just sitting in the feelings that are right now. And that's incredibly uncomfortable. And so they have made this into a whole horror genre where you clip through the real world and you fall into the back rooms. And one of the staple features of the back rooms is the obnoxious, like putrid yellow wallpaper that's on everything. So and so, hard. Jess, uh, so many people have dreamed similar things to exactly what you're talking about. This kind of like um, not vivid, just everything is this weird sort of tan, yellow, mm-hmm. kind of funky, musty, mushy color. Uh, and you should look up some images of the back rooms in liminal spaces okay. because you might be surprised Jotting they remind you of dreams. Yeah. So it's <laughs> huge. bunch of horror games, a bunch of videos. There's some great creators. Kane Pixels is one of the biggest ones on YouTube. Oh, my gosh. Insane stuff. K-10 shaking so her head cool. like.
2: It's so, oh yeah, wow. it's so good. It's oh so good. It's
3: well, because we it's share wild. the sleep I- research stuff. So we're in yeah. this book.
2: Hundred percent, and like I never thought like you're changing my perspective in a really good way because when I think about dreams as like a liminal space, it just makes sense. It literally just makes sense because you're not yeah. there yet because where are you going, and then you know what I mean, like you're just in that in between. It's so interesting, wow, especially with just this dream. Jess. Oh my God. Liminal spaces. That was a really good one, Jesse. Got to look that up. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. I get lost in back rooms at like 2 a.m. on TikTok when I can't fall asleep. Anyways, so Danielle, um, she asked, what is the significance of having the exact same dream over and over again over the course of years? Ooh, oh, Danielle. Yep, yep, yep.
3: This one <laughs> happens all the time. <clears throat> so remember, our dreams are sharing things with our conscious mind about our emotions right it's you know even sigmund freud which i know you guys have your thoughts about sigmund i do respect him quite a bit but um it's the window into the unconscious right it's the window into our deeper selves because when we sleep and when we dream our Mm. conscious thoughts turn off and that chatter those intrusive thoughts that get in the way stop and we get a clear picture into what's going on inside of us so all that to say If you're having a dream that repeats over and over again, it's the same theme or the same topic, it means that there's a problem or a topic in your life that you're continuing to struggle with and probably haven't faced or resolved quite yet. Once you do, those dreams stop or they change. And so anytime you're having a reoccurring dream, it's a huge sign, maybe even a warning that there's something in your life that you need to be paying attention to, working on, going to therapy to kind of work through, uh, but you haven't quite worked through it yet. I think one of the greatest examples that I see in my clinical practice is with trauma. When we experience PTSD nightmares, our brain just replays that trauma over over. And over and over again because the brain is trying to process that horrible experience but it just kind of gets stuck and so it keeps processing it every night hoping to be able to release the pain that's inside of us but it just doesn't quite know how to you go to therapy the nightmares get better that's kind of the the meaning behind those recurring dreams
2: oh my god it's only been like 10 minutes. And I'm learning so much. <laughs> so incredible. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, we were talking, Jesse, we were talking earlier before you got on about um, recurring dreams that we have. And I think in the videos that I've seen that you've done, there's like certain dreams that mean certain things. Um, Danielle mm. also asked, um, one of her dreams that she has over and over again across the years is being unable to speak or move. In her dream and to your point you're saying like hey it might be something that you're struggling with or something that you might need more help with or something that might be on your mind Um, but i guess what would you say to her um, if she's having that same dream uh, being unable to speak or move
3: yeah of course you know you start to think about it like not so literally and a little bit more metaphorically, it seems to make total sense. Like, think about it. If you're having a dream where you can't speak or move, you may be struggling to feel like people hear you and understand you. You're struggling to communicate or really express yourself authentically. And you're struggling, or perhaps feeling stuck in your life. Like I can't move towards my goals. I can't move towards the outcomes that I want to see in my life. And so I'm having these reoccurring dreams of stuck and can't speak. And so until you start to make some progress in those areas of your life, um, you may continue to have that dream. Because again, your mind is trying to release that pent up emotion, those frustrated feelings of not being able to speak or move. And so by replaying them, your mind is trying to let go of those painful feelings. That's how those dreams can become such a window into our mental health problems. I mean, I literally use it to help with diagnosing my clients when I'm working with them.
2: So incredible. Wow. (laughs)
3: I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Dreams as a diagnostic tool. I mean, that's my whole platform. My God.
2: Incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause we were talking about like, we don't, we didn't really, even as an insomnia specialist, I never learned anything about dream interpretation at all. Me like, I knew him, nothing. Not in school. You know, Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And you've taken so much time and effort to like really dive into this stuff, which I think is so notable and incredible, really, because a lot of us don't know. Yeah, a lot of us don't know Mm -hmm. what dreams mean. And they're stressful, you know, people who are, you know, we got like so many questions about people experiencing like really stressful things or dreams that they just can't make sense of. So Mm -hmm. super helpful.
3: Man, you guys are really gassing me up. Is, I'm, just being,
2: I'm yeah. just being honest.
0: I'm just being honest. I'm just being honest. Yeah. Jesse, literally, the first half of this episode, we were like, "So we know nothing about dreams. So let's just talk about <laughs> really our <being> dreams, Jesse."
1: God, Jesse. Literally, uh, just wait hey, to, you waiting know, for you to get on
3: the whole dream topic you know kind of came about for me i didn't start with dreams i started as a therapist and then um, while i was in grad school i learned about hypnosis and hypnotherapy Mm -hmm. Um, and hypnotherapy is just a it's not metaphysical it's not mind control it's none of that stuff you know no david blaine type things going on here (laughs) it's (laughs) a way to communicate directly with your unconscious Right. And so imagine that you were able to speak a language that interfaced directly with emotions rather than your thoughts getting in the way. That's what hypnotherapy is. And so you have to speak Mm -hmm. very metaphorically. There's kind of a rhythm. There's kind of a, a, a musical cadence to it as well. And so by using that communication style, you can really effectively target some trauma. And that's both the school that I teach and the work that I do in my practice. That lends itself, that symbolism, that metaphor lends itself directly to interpretation of dreams. So really my background in hypnosis and hypnotherapy is what kind of you know, spawned that, that passion and that interest in dream interpretation because they're, they're so parallel. They mirror one another so well.
2: Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's so incredible. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Uh, Dania from Tanzania says, can you talk about the symbolism of people or objects that we see in our dreams and, and how do we interpret them? Do they have a hidden message? So I know that there's a couple of questions in here, but any ones that you can answer. So symbolism, how do we interpret our dreams and do they come with hidden messages?
3: I love, I love that. And so, um, dream interpretation is kind of a, well, it's a sticky field, isn't it? Uh, because everyone lives inside of a cultural context. Everyone has their own relationship to symbols and things. Um, so you have to be, oh my gosh, you have to be so culturally sensitive. You have to be so, you know, ethnically aware about the things that you're talking about um, and not just kind of do these blanket statements. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with dream dictionaries. You know, I think they can be really helpful in order to kind of jog your mind and kind of think about ideas that maybe you didn't think about otherwise, but um, you can't just take that as gospel truth. You have to contextualize it to you and your brain, your experiences. So that being said, Um, I do believe every dream has meaning and every dream has meaning and the science behind it is when you sleep, your brain is accomplishing two basic tasks. Very simple, creating new neural networks and deepening existing ones. When you sleep, making new connections, and getting better at the stuff that you already know. And so every time that you have a dream, it's doing one of those things. It may be a combination of those things. And so if you can just pay attention to it, I mean, it may not be a life-altering revelation that happens. It may just be like, I went to bed directly after work, so I dreamed about work again, and that was annoying because you're so stressed about work and you don't have enough time to like (laughs) take a break for yourself right so some of those are a little bit a little bit more literal um but your brain is always working it's always trying to help you accomplish your goals and so by paying attention to the messages that it tells you you can learn so much about yourself uh now so that that being that um, the symbols have have a lot to tell us and so the conscious brain really does get in the way because oftentimes i mean unless you're doing it inside of a dream, we're all using our conscious brains to converse right now. Um, That kind of muddies the water of the symbols. You know, we Mm. our conscious thoughts get in the way of really seeing the emotional um, impact of each of these symbols. So this is what I always tell people. If you're stuck on a symbol, if you're struggling, pay attention to the emotional undercurrent because emotions relate one-to-one to waking life. If you're sad in your waking life, you'll have sad dreams. If you're anxious in waking life, you'll have anxious dreams. So if you can ignore the symbols for a minute, if you're really struggling, just push those out of your mind and pay attention. What did you feel? That's going to always guide you in the right direction. And so whenever I'm even stuck, I mean, cause of course I deal, I deal with the most insane dreams that you can think of, the most, the most out there ones. And so sometimes I'm like, Pfft. I got no idea, dude, I, I'm going to figure it out, but give me a second. Let me think about this. <laughs> and so I'll start to be like, what's the feeling? What's the emotion? And that's where I start. And that always guides me down the right path of figuring it out. And so I've never, I've never had a dream that I couldn't make sense out of, or get some kind of emotionally significant meaning from, because I always let the feeling sort of guide um, that collaborative effort with my clients. I
2: love that. I, were you going to say KBI? No. I'm just, gonna, I'm just,
1: I'm just like learning. I'm soaking it. I'm like, shit. I know, this I feel is like good. I'm like taking in. Things. I'm like, ever, I'm like relating this back to my Britney Spears dream, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> like oh, it's all coming together now.
2: Yeah. I mean, when you brought up Freud before, I, I was thinking too about like, of course, you know, doesn't have like the most ideal reputation, but when we think about the subconscious or the unconscious, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to relate it emotionally, you know. So it's great. out of KBI. What do you do? <laughs> What is she doing? Why are you she's so showing me her fingers? What she's doing? Right. Freud. Oh, oh! I was like, I, love, I was looking. Is okay. a little blurry for me? And I'm like, what is No, she doing? it's my,
1: it's my beautiful Jesse. You need this shirt. I feel like you need it because it's, need a, shirt. it's a great shirt. And here's the thing: I will be a Freud hater until the day I die, but I am also a Freud lover because I do agree that there are things that he did that I agree with. I'm like, yeah, you know, the yeah. subconscious, all of that, the id, the ego, the super, like, I'm like, yeah, like, that makes a lot of sense. It's good stuff. I'm yeah, here
3: for yeah. that. I'm, I'm also not be a saying you blameless the either. Day
1: I, die. Course,
3: I will be a Freud hater until I die. Of course, of course. be a Freud hater
1: until I die. Just I think what
3: no he damage. did was just so so magical though, because at a time when things were so literal and like oh, oh yeah. my gosh, like the yeah. things they were doing in medicine were like just so literal. You know, yeah. it's like, Oh well that's broken, but well, just better cut it off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was able to talk with his generation and he was able to write a book that became well accepted by his peers mm-hmm. because he related emotions to something literal at a time when emotions mm-hmm. were not considered i mean they were they were calling it hysterics they didn't even talk mm-hmm. about feelings mm-hmm. it was just you're hysterical it lo- lock you up put you in the loony bin Shudders. <laughs> he was able to have a conversation about emotions because he related feelings to sex and sex was physical and sex Mm -hmm. was literal. And so I have to appreciate him for the brilliance of that, but it doesn't contextualize well to our current culture. And so that's the problem. He's widely misunderstood. I mean, he also has his problems. So that's not.
2: (laughs) It starts with a C. (laughs) Right. Next question from anonymous (laughs) from the USA. I'm just going to keep us on track. Um, So, okay. Anonymous from USA said, this is a dream. And I think that they want you to interpret it, Jesse. So um, I dreamed that I went to visit my therapist and and their spouse. (laughs) And I dreamed that they had a new baby and I was holding their baby and my Therapist thought I was dreaming that I wanted them to adopt me and that I was actually the baby. Did I have issues with transference? And what is your take on this dream? <laughs> I always There's work so with a the
3: client, right? Like, you know, it, yeah. anytime you're working with a dream and interpreting a dream, it should click. You know how you have like that mm-hmm. cathartic feeling inside of therapy and your therapist says something you're like, oh my God, that's it. And, and it mm-hmm. just like it's almost like this this pressure, this tension, this dam of emotion inside of you gets released, and you're like, "Wow, okay, whew, that's the one." Dream interpretation should be like that. And so, if your therapist is saying, "Well, it's, it's uh, cl- clearly a problem with countertransference here," <laughs> then that's not it. That's not it for you. <clears throat> what I would think though is, let's talk about these symbols, right? If you're talking to your therapist, therapist is probably a symbol for mental healing, mental health, you know, um taking care of yourself, prioritizing yourself. And then babies are a sign for either your inner child or at least a new beginning, right? Oftentimes, people dream about pregnancy and babies when they're starting a new relationship, starting a new job, because it's all about a new identity, right? This is a new person. Now, dreams are very much um, introspective. They, they don't, they'll, they'll use outside symbols, but they're talking about you. The unconscious mind doesn't really care about other people. It cares about our experiences of other people. And so, it's probably not really referring to the therapist. It's referring to, hey... Because you're making this progress with your therapist and you're experiencing these things, there's a new identity that's developing this baby inside of you because of the work that you're doing with your therapist. It's up to you to care for and protect this new identity that's growing because of the hard work that you're doing in your mental health journey with your therapist. That would be my hunch of what that dream actually means.
2: Wow. And that makes so much sense that I would never think about that. Mm -hmm. Like that makes so much logical sense.
3: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. that checks out. That's it. I it. it. checks out a little bit. It's like, good. Right. Yeah, it checks out. Pretty <laughs> good. <laughs> it's pretty good.
3: It's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, good. It's pretty it's good. good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> pretty good. Um, okay. Okay. So, Anonymous. This is another anonymous one. Um, I often have dreams about getting shot or dying. What does this mean?
3: Mm, shot or dying. Yeah. I just clicked something and my whole screen changed. I got distracted. Okay. ADHD. <laughs> Back on track. <laughs> shot or dying. <laughs> Uh, so, so think about the play on words. Dreams are very funny. Dreams are very funny. Dreams often have, yeah, uh, puns and, and metaphors. Oh my gosh. One of my favorites, ADHD moment. This is great. One of my favorites was there was a case study of somebody who was dreaming about giving their father six roses couldn't figure it out like what what does this mean all the dream interpreters couldn't figure it out and so there was somebody who really took the time and just painstakingly like like worked through it and it turned out that it wasn't any of the traditional interpretations with the roses and giving those to dad you know it wasn't about love it wasn't about connection um, the six roses was actually a mnemonic device six roses sounds like cirrhosis and so, it was about them being concerned for their father's drinking problem and the cirrhosis of the liver that he was developing and how he wasn't going to be around for much longer. What? Mind-blowing, right? No! Mind-blowing, right? So, so, you know, when we're talking about shooting or being shot, right, think about the, the words that we use in our language, right? You want to hit your mark, right? Shoot your shot, you know? Hit the target, mm so it's all about when we're when we're shooting you'll often see people who uh, are struggling with anxiety or feelings of low self-confidence you know they'll have dreams about missing their target they'll keep they keep shooting the bad guy but they can't hit him they keep missing just a little to the left a little to the right and so that can be very much about i can't, i don't feel like i can hit the target that i'm trying to trying to hit with my goals in my life you know i'm struggling with my confidence about myself now being shot is kind of the other way it's like life's struggles and and tribulations like the information that's coming at me is is penetrating my defenses right i feel like life is coming at me fast and quick and there is no way that i can protect myself or keep myself safe and so very much again an anxiety dream about how i don't feel in control right now and i feel like i'm vulnerable
1: Mm.
3: and so now it can go very deep Uh, depending on like who's doing the shooting, where the shooting is taking place. You know, there's layers of symbolism and meaning that can be added. But on a basic level, that's usually what dreams about shooting and being shot mean. Wow. Oh my God.
2: I would have never, like I, again, would have never guessed, right? Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And it makes logical sense. And I love the play on words too, because I never thought to, for some reason, I never really considered thinking about the verbiage or the, Mm -hmm. the words like in terms of phonetic or anything like that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Phonetic stuff happens, happens all the time. Like um, another great one. I may, I may be stealing someone's question already, (laughs) Um, but people have dreams about like um, not being able to slow down in a car and, you know, it spirals Mm -hmm. out of control and crashes. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so there's another play on words there. Oftentimes uh, people have these dreams when they feel like they cannot control their drives sex drives, addictive drives, you know, uh, aggressive drives, competitive drives. And so when they feel like they can't harness and control, take the wheel of those drives that are within them, maybe those primal drives and desires, they'll have these dreams about crashing or falling off a mountain, crashing off a bridge, you know, and each of those have, again, layers of symbolism and meaning, uh, but at a basic level, again, play on words. I can't control my drives. And oftentimes <laughs> dreams are very sexual. So oftentimes that's sex drives, it's like, oh, I can't keep it in
2: mind. (laughs) (laughs) good to think about though right and consider i love it um okay i know that you've done a video on this because we talked about this before um Mm. but just for our listeners who may have not seen your video um i have reoccurring dreams where my teeth fall out of my mouth what does that mean
3: all the time I put it on a shirt (laughs) It's so common. The number one, we have a game. We have a game. I can't say it on TikTok, but we do have a game. All of my followers who have been around for a long time, and anytime someone pops in the chat and says, What does it mean if my teeth fall out in a dream? We all take a shot. It's a drinking game. Like it's so common. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, but teeth falling out. Teeth falling out. I've said it a million times and I'll say it a million times more because it's helpful. Teeth are the part of our body that break down our food into bite-sized pieces. So if your teeth are falling out, it means that you don't feel like you can break down life's problems into manageable sizes for you to digest. So it's a stress stream Mm. about not being able to handle what's coming at you. Not being able to take a bite out of life. (laughs) Now,
1: it can also be literal.
3: If somebody has uh, teeth problems, they'll also often dream about their teeth falling out. So, like, if, you gotta, if you're worried about going to the dentist, you know, there can also be a literal meaning. But if we're talking about the emotional side and your teeth are fine, mm-hmm. stress, stress for sure.
2: Wow. That's, inc- oh. that's incredible. Yeah, it's kind of fun.
3: It's like, oh, yeah, that's clever. Yeah, I always I always think of that about dreams. I'm like, oh, my dreams are dreams are so sneaky. They're so they're so clever. They're so funny. Like,
1: sneaky, sneaker. They're like
2: yeah, sneaky snakes. Yeah. They are.
3: Yeah. I think that's my favorite part about it is It's just like,
1: wow, that's
2: so creative. Like, yeah, I love that. It really is. And how you describe how dreams mean even if it's like maybe the same pattern, it could have a different contextual experience for somebody based on like culture and their own stuff going on. I like that it's very unique, you know, and very yeah. Person centered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one. From Anonymous. I guess people don't want anybody knowing their dreams, which makes sense. Um so my brother passed a few weeks ago. Anonymous, sorry for your loss. Um we didn't have the best relationship, but I've been having dreams of my brother and I being closer. Does that mean that he's at peace with me?
3: Hmm. I, I think I may have missed the first part. He passed away recently.
2: Mm-hmm. Was
3: the first mm-hmm. part of that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah a few yeah. weeks ago. Oh well, very recently. Oh man. Yeah. Man, sorry for your loss too. Um wow. Yeah, yeah. Take some time. Um take some time to think about it. You know, I don't wanna I don't wanna rush to interpretation with some of those things. Um, but I will say that again, dreams are well in K ten, you know this, like sleep is one of the best uh tools for improving and caring for our mental health that we have and dreams are just a key part of that. And so when we go through something significant, like losing a loved one who's close to us, um, it will show up in our dreams because our mind is trying to process that grief. And so that's a very normal part of grief. Now I've had it on the other side too, where, you know, even a colleague of mine came up and said, Hey, it's tragic, you know, lost his wife. Um, and he's like, Uh, she hasn't shown up in my dreams. Like, am I okay? I'm like, yeah, you know, you're probably talking about her quite a bit during your waking life. So your dreams don't have too much work to do while you sleep. You're getting all of that stuff out by talking with your therapist. I mean, he Mm -hmm. was a therapist, so he very quickly Mm -hmm. went and sought counseling because he knew how important that was. And so I was like, yeah, like just let your dreams tell you what they need to tell you. Like, dude, nothing's wrong, you know, work through your grief. But if you have a lot of grief or if you have some unanswered questions, your mind's going to try and process those things through dreaming and through your sleep. So anyways, all that to say, yes, dreaming about a loved one who's passed away is very common in your dreams. Um, And what it typically means is your mind is thinking about the impact that they've had on your life. And so it may not be about you growing closer to them. It may not be about them having peace. You know, if spirituality and the metaphysical is a part of your personal belief system. Go talk with your pastor, like I'm not a pastor. Uh, go talk to them about that and see if they're at peace in the afterlife. But from a psychological perspective, uh, our mind is remembering the impact that they had on us. And when mm. they come and visit us inside of our dreams, oftentimes they'll pop up at times when we would have normally talked to them and asked them for advice and help. Like I know people all the time when they're going through a big life decision, grandma will pop into their dreams and talk with them about this decision because we're such relational creatures. That image of grandma like lives inside of you, that image of your mom, your dad, your grandfather, your aunt, your uncle, like they've left an impact on who you are and you don't have to physically have them there in order to think about them, remember them, and even imagine what they would say and what advice they would give you. And that is of indispensable value as you try and navigate the decisions that you go through in your life. And so it's just really beautiful that your dreams will do that and recall their image, recall this, this identity that now lives inside of you because of the impact that they've had and give you advice for what steps you should take next.
2: Such a beautiful way to think about it too, because I think for some people who have lost people, they they're looking for that comfort of like, how do I keep the memories going or how do I keep in contact? You know, um, it's really, really good to know.
3: Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, they're still there.
2: Yeah. All right. Parika from India asked, Most of the time I dream about animals. Either they're my pet who's trying to save me or they hurt me. I want to know what this means.
3: Oh, yeah. All the animals have different, different meanings. All the animals have different kind of emotions behind them. They all kind of represent something. And think about it. Like, oftentimes we can look at kids and see when children are talking about things, uh, they actually have a much more intuitive understanding of the unconscious than we do as adults. Because we get so bogged down in thoughts and logic and conscious thinking. (laughs) And so, you know, you think about children like... You know, you've got the the sneaky fox, right? In the children's stories, the fox is always the sneaky one, right? You know, you've got the uh, the elephant. The elephant's always the one who always remembers, but's kind of scared of the mouse, right? The mm-hmm. mouse is always the one who can come up with a plan to get the cheese, right? And uh, the monkey is always the one who's getting into mischief, you know, three little monkeys jumping on the bed. Mm-hmm. And so each of these animals has a different emotional or uh, at least Uh, ideological meaning behind them. And so when you see them as your pet, you know, or you see them attacking you, it's like, this is, this is a concept in your life that you need to be paying attention to. Maybe it's one that's helping you as your pet, kind of being your companion and your guide, or maybe it's one that you're struggling with. Right. Um, So seeing them on both sides is a real, real great indicator for some things that you may want to pay attention to and process through. So going deeper into those, Mm. just, just so helpful. Yeah. That's great. I love that She dreams, uh, or Parika dreams about uh, animals. That's so fun.
2: I know. Mm -hmm. I. It's so weird. One of my. We were talking about our recurring dreams, and I forgot about this one. But I have this recurring dream about this like fox. It has a fox face, but the body is like not a uh, a, of a giraffe. Sorry, I was blanking on the word. So like a fox face, but like giraffe. That's amazing. (laughs) Big, but I'm like what's going on like what's is, what is going on
3: wow what's yeah, it doing wild. in the dream
2: it's literally just eating like leaves and stuff <laughs> like you know how like giraffes like they they, they get like the really high leaves yes. that's literally like i'm just observing this animal and i'm in i am i don't know i can't see my body but i could hmm. visualize everything but i'm kind of under like another tree like a shaded tree just chilling it's oh. weird and there's no context that's just the dream huh, it's so great. wild yeah, well, trees
3: are about trees are about growth and life. You know, trees are a good sign. You know, the you know uh, tree of life, right? You know, we got we've got yeah. that symbol, obviously. And then uh, giraffes have got a very long neck. The neck, <laughs> you know, if you think about like energy centers and like symbolism in the body, the neck makes your decisions, right? So this is like really emphasizing decision making. And the fox is a very feminine symbol. It's very sneaky, very conniving. You know, it's not. It's not big and boisterous and noisy, like a lion, you know, they're kind of obnoxious. This is a more, it's a more uh, conniving, cunning, you know, feminine sort of attractive creature, you know? And so it's like, hmm, I wonder what decisions that would help your life you can make that lean into your femininity and some of the more creative and feminine parts of who you are. That would be kind of my initial hunch. And then I'd love for you to explore it from there and kind of make that your own.
2: I'm going to DM you after this. Cause that is like really scary how spot on that is like, that's really, really scary. So, Hey, it's really not scary, me. Dreams Dusty. don't lie. Dreams really don't lie. Scary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Definitely going to DM you later. That's crazy. Okay. So Sky.
3: She's, she's shook.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna so I, she's to <laughs> Venmo, Venmo you $10. I'm going to Venmo you for your services. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like when people ask us for free therapy, I'm going to Venmo you for dream interpretation anyways. So, okay. Sky says, why do we suffer nightmares? Personally, I am in therapy mostly because of history with trauma and anxiety. But can we just have nightmares that mean nothing, or is there always something underneath them?
3: Always, always something. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is just my personality. No, 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 no. I take it back. No, all dreams, all nightmares have meaning. You know, sometimes I try and mince my words because I'm like, I don't know. Maybe there's no. They all have meaning. They all have meaning. There's no way that they can't have meaning. Uh, In in what scenario? Is there a possibility that when your brain is doing stuff while you're sleeping, those dreams don't have meaning? That doesn't make any sense Mm. to me. Like, it's absolutely a a preposterous proposal. Anyway. (laughs) Um, But no, nightmares. and, And this is, I mean, gosh, key to my platform. Nightmares, we have to cherish and change the narrative about nightmares because... So many of my followers, so many of those people who find my page and really enjoy it um, come to me because they are so frustrated with their own minds. They're mm. so frustrated with their nightmares. They're so frustrated that every time that they go to bed, they relive this terrible, horrible experience or see new things that are that are just uh, unsettling and then distract them and, and make them distraught throughout their waking life, throughout their next day. And I... I encourage them and my motto on the channel is um, your mind is not against you. It's just misunderstood. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Your mind is not against you. Uh It's just misunderstood. And so uh, I'm going to talk to you about your nightmares. Your nightmares are not trying to harm you. Your nightmares are not trying to make your waking life worse. There is a struggle going on and probably a struggle inside of you that you don't realize the severity and the magnitude of what you may be going through. And your dreams are reminding you of that struggle and reminding you to focus on yourself and to prioritize yourself in ways that you probably, probably aren't. And even greater than that, the the gift of nightmares, even though they're so painful, is that one, they guide us in how to heal our trauma. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, but then two, uh, nightmares actually vent unprocessed emotion. Early in the morning, our dreams change and the type of dreams that we have just before we wake up and early in the morning are called venting dreams. And those venting dreams are actually the mind's attempt to release bottled up emotions that haven't been properly dealt with during the day. Now, this happens most, I think, significantly, and maybe it's because I'm a trauma therapist, but I think most significantly with trauma there are some really strong emotions that the mind doesn't know what to do with and that we push out of our brains while we're going through our day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And when we go to sleep, our mind is, is doing just the greatest work that it can to let go of and release those painful feelings through dreaming about it. And this is something that we know from the research. Mm -hmm. Um, by dreaming about these things our mind is rehearsing them and looking for ways that we can keep ourselves safe next time and showing us the things that we're most afraid of in an attempt to encourage us to face those things when we wake up the next day but instead of doing that we usually say my mind's stupid my mind's so mean to me i hate my brain and then we go about our day and we push those thoughts out and then what do you think happens well the nightmare gets worse the next night you know and so it creates this conflict mm-hmm. inside of ourselves and so my whole my whole platform my whole message is don't don't become frustrated with your dreams listen to them they're trying to help you your mind is not yeah. your enemy it's your friend i love
2: that I love, so I love that too.
3: Got a little sentimental there, a little preachy. Yeah. <laughs> no,
2: it's true. Uh, yeah. We welcome that here. No, I think it's great. Cause I think if you think about traditional trauma therapy, it's reducing avoidance. And it sounds like it's really consistent with what you're suggesting of like inviting Absolutely. it, inviting it in, you know, like and really acknowledging it. Um, mm. I love that, Jesse. Okay. We have time for one more and then I'm going to pass okay. it over to Jess for the outro. Um, so this last one is from Tatiana from Orlando, Florida. So. Oh my gosh. She- that's where I live. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Neighbors. Yeah. Tatiana. come on. say hey. Swing on down. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Anyways, um, so can we train ourselves to remember our dreams? And can our dreams give us clues that as we know how to, as we learn how to interpret them, can we help improve our mental health?
3: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Uh the best thing that you can do to start remembering your dreams, and there's a huge, huge misconception I have to clear up is people think that they don't dream. You're like, I don't dream. Like, no, no, no. Research is very, very clear. Every time you sleep, you dream. If you don't dream, you die because <laughs> you're not sleeping. And so it's oh a huge God. part. Like REM sleep and going through a full cycle. <laughs> Of your sleep is crazy important. You will not survive if you don't get sleep. Now, what happens though is when you wake up, usually we check our phone, we look at our text messages, we jump on TikTok, we think about what the big meeting is we have to do later in the day. In my case, I wake up to a screaming eight month old and I have to change his diaper. It's a it's a whole thing. It doesn't give us a lot of time to bring back those dreams into our Uh, awareness, right? You know, the dreams have to kind of move from the unconscious mind into the conscious to think about them and then to prioritize them so they can be tagged for storage in the hippocampus, your memory, right? And so there's a process. That's how we go throughout our day. You know, you see a car crash happen on the road and you're like, oh my God, that's important. Conscious mind tags it. Remember that shit, puts it in the hippocampus and stores it for later. Well, when we wake up, There's this gap of time as our conscious mind is turning back on. And in that gap of time, as our conscious mind is turning back on, a lot of those dream fragments slip through the cracks, right? Mm -hmm. So the best thing that you can do, grab a journal, grab a piece of paper, grab your phone, just do something. And every time you wake up, give yourself... I'm not asking for much. Give yourself 60 seconds. Give yourself two minutes to just sit there and wait and see what comes back. And if nothing comes back, that's great. Say, last night I dreamed of darkness. I dreamed blackness. Or last night I, you know, didn't dream anything, but I felt sad when I woke up. Or I felt a little anxious when I woke up. Good, 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 good. By doing that consistently, you're building a pattern of prioritizing your dreams. And your mind will honor that. If you start to make an effort of writing down, no matter what it is or how silly it is, you write down something that you remember from sleep, your mind will see, oh, Jesse cares about his dreams. I'll start letting him remember them now. And I promise you, they'll come back. It's really, it's really fascinating.
0: Wow. I love that. That was so awesome. Jesse, I know all of us have learned so much for you from you, so thank you. Um, And thank you, the group members, for joining for today's episode. Once again, a special thanks to Jesse for being here with us today. This was so interesting. Second half of this podcast was definitely more informative than the the first half of all of us. We we know nothing. Um, As (laughs) always, please rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. Send this episode to someone that may be interested in learning more about dreams. As always, we leave you with a reflection question. And this week, we're leaving you with, what is the strangest or funniest dream you recall having? Mm -hmm. So head over to our Instagram and comment. We can't wait to read all your interesting dreams. Maybe Jesse will do some interpretation. And we will see you later this week in group therapy.
2: Bye.
3: Bye. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>